Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Idea Roastery. I'm Jason. And I'm Herman. So I am a little bit concerned. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. So there's this thing called AI, right? And uh, Oh, shit. What's that? I haven't heard about AI at all ever, especially not in the last year. And we were talking last time about writing. And one of the things that AI has recently learned to do is write. And so that begs the question, what's the internet going to look like after AI is everywhere? I mean, if you if you take a look at Google right now, I'd say like the first two pages of Google are arguably AI generated. But if you're asking about how I think the internet will look in a couple of years because of the pro- proliferation exactly. of especially these LLMs is it's, and this is actually a fascinating thing. It's going to be like bots talking to bots, but the crazy thing is that they're going to be talking to each other in English, right? Which is, which is so absurd. It's like the least efficient way for computers to communicate with each other through natural language. And (laughs) because we built the internet for people and now have bots on the internet, it's like they're all communicating terribly and (laughs) efficiently. Yeah, it's almost like a comic, right? <laughs> and the amount of compute that is going to go into these bots talking to bots, the natural language. I mean, like a a API request on, you know, your little VPS that serves the correct amount of information to the correct place. It's like the amount of compute and therefore energy and stuff that that requires is so minuscule. Whereas if it actually has, the request has to go into an LLM, that's, you know, in these big data farms and blah, 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 and they put it all together, make it fluent English, send it back. It's like, we've created the most inefficient system. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be trying to grab our attention left, right, and center. Uh, so here's, here's what I was thinking the other day. Uh, I think I was chatting to one of my colleagues at work about it, actually. Uh, so, that, you know, there's like this uh, lawsuit going on with OpenAI and uh, New York Times, right? So the idea is around copyright. And uh, we've done a, an episode a couple of sessions ago on open source, right? So the idea is, and I'm, I, I've, I'm kind of playing around with the idea of calling it time arbitrage okay. for content. So the idea is that these days, uh, if you're a, a journalist or you're someone who writes stuff, uh, what you do is you sit down and it takes you an amount of time to create a piece of content. And, you know, you create a, a book and arguably that's, a copyrighted book that you can have, you know, some sort of agency over for a certain a period of time. Right. So now let's take an, a large language model. Let's train it on open commons data, right? Uh, but let's get it like really, really good. So it's not uh, infringed on any copyright as of yet, right? But then what you do is you have it uh, monitor things like Twitter. Um, and as soon as there's like a post, it like generates like 20 or 100 articles about that that item or whatever event has happened, right? And so you create a, uh, a news site. So I create JSON News and I have um, like a couple of LLM writers that like monitor activity and like generate 100 articles every time it picks up something. And then what I do is any traditional news outlet that goes and uh, writes something about it, I will then go to them and I'll say, hey, mister, you're copywriting my my stuff. Because I'll also have a, a model that will detect plagiarism uh, from my content. And so the idea is that I will, I, 
it's basically taking so you're like becoming a big old ransom uh it's, yeah so it's like patent trolling but with copyright and uh and the 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 interesting element that i thought about is is that there's that time difference right mm -hmm. so there's something about the time it takes to create a piece of uh, content that is um valuable right uh, or it creates some sort of uh opportunity right so someone who's working late at night they're like you know they'll stay up all night writing that piece of like news article and they'll get it out the next day and they'll sell like loads of newspapers or whatever but now you could just do it within a fraction of a second and at a yeah. fraction of the cost what does that mean for writers and what does that mean for copyright what is that going to mean for what the internet's going to look like uh, it's it's messed up so i think that we're we're going to have to rewrite a bunch of our laws around copyright in general um, and we're seeing a big push especially in the united states around that because of how these llms and image generation and soon to be video and animation generation work um, as far as i understand the the first ruling was something along the lines of uh ai generated content cannot be copywritten so that does go and protect against the hypothetical ransom that you're trying to uh, stick over there. But it's like, you could arguably say like, oh, no, no, I've, I wrote these all myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's no definitive way for people to be like, nope, that's AI written because you can't really fingerprint this yeah. stuff. Right. It's, it's like, I wrote a book and that people like start coming after me like, no, it's too good. It must be AI generated. And like, yeah. no, dude, I, I'm just like that clever. Like I, I wrote that myself. <laughs> so I was out to dinner uh, last week with a chap who uh, runs, let's call it a digital marketing agency. And what I'm going to describe, this is what he, he, he's been doing for the last week or two. It is, I would arguably say, not unethical, but it's definitely gaming a system to the detriment of the system, right? So you're familiar with um, SEO optimization techniques. You go and like you also go and find long tail keywords uh, that few people search for, but then you optimize content for that. And if you have a big enough scale of content for those long tail keywords, you can get a decent amount of traffic on like less competitive things because they show up higher on Google and other search engines. So he wrote a couple of scripts that go and let's say, for instance, one of their clients is a company that sells coffee mugs. They will, it, it'll run a script that'll go and figure out what all the least competitive long tail keywords are. Thousands of, you know, long tail keywords. And then it will go and generate an article for each of them. And it will, and these are all relevant to the company you know all of them are about coffee cups right <laughs> and then it will publish it also to the company's blog automatically and then it will also in some way like notify yeah. google that this page is ready to get crawled yeah, yeah. or it will submit it to the google search console and so that's a big old automated thing but it also goes to show that like search engines are dying i barely google anything anymore unless I am looking for a specific site, but I'm never Googling information because it's all just this goop that's optimized to rank well on Google to market something else, right? And 
I think that we are seeing an erosion of these spaces on the internet that that yeah. we really appreciated. It's like, do you remember back in the in the early days of the internet? You know, especially when like IRC was big, and it's like you had good communities and you had these curated environments, and then we realized that there is high value to spam. Right. I hate to say that. <laughs> but like there is a is that the first thing that they realized no 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 it was i mean it, like the idea was like it was more decentralized right like you could kind of spin up your own community right uh, but then this the spammers saw the value in in that right um i don't know what the origins of spam is i guess people were just like trying to advertise um to people on the internet right yeah so i mean it like just a, started out as advertising right as like a random endpoint or like a random email address you're just doing like a, a cold outreach to to say yeah. hi like do you want to buy my product right similar to how like you know someone might accost you as you're like trying to walk down the street to like you know try and sell you a pamphlet yeah. i guess it's all about a threshold or like once it goes past the threshold it's spam otherwise it's just regular advertising yeah but it's 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 like regular advertising but then it's only like as as the medium became less and less effective the the way to combat that was with scale right so the more people you can like yep. get into this net. Um, and then I guess the communities move from like private to being more public, right? Like with things like Reddit, where kind of anyone can just join in, right? So I think that Reddit, you're correct. People moved over to centralized systems like your Reddits and your Facebooks and your um, everything else, all the other social medias. Uh, but I think Reddit is actually a really interesting one because yes, it is. It is uh, centralized, big tech. However, because each subreddit is community moderated, it actually has a surprisingly small amount of spam, right? Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, Twitter, I would say, is mostly spam. Like most people who are, well, yeah, I mean, can, I'd say most posts I mean, yeah. on Twitter. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have reach because people aren't necessarily following yeah. accounts that just post out spam. Um, yeah. But... I'd say that most of the content on the internet in general is some or other form of spam. I know on my on my blogging platform, Bear, is I've had to put so many anti-spam measures in place. I've got AI that goes and checks whether new blogs are spammy and blocks them. I have a manual review review process where I, you know, approve blogs that get started. And I also have community like flagging features so people can flag mm. whether you know blogs have popped up that are trying to sell like Xanax online and stuff like that. Mm. And the, the the reason is that the incentives all point in that direction. It's virtual virtually free outside of the time commitment to go and you know post stuff all over these yeah. public bulletins all over the internet. And in so doing it kind of like erodes what makes the internet cool and good. But I think I think it, it goes a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit more of a spectrum than that, right? Because mm. I think it is. Uh, I agree that there's like the ads on on Twitter are like pretty bad, like uh, or X, sorry, formerly Twitter. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But uh, the ads are quite like annoying, right? Because they're trying to sell like some do doohickey that's like just a you know drop shipped from China, which is like a poor product. Um, but what I think is a little bit more annoying or more like nuanced is that there's this idea of like um sort of attention farming uh so what you do is uh in order you know 
everyone's got this idea that they're going to have this big Twitter account and then they'll be able to be an influencer, right? But the way to be an influencer is that you need to, because of the algorithms that are involved is, you know, you need to be commenting on other people who are like in your niche that are like more popular. So I don't know if you noticed this, there's a couple of Twitter pages like, um, like Massimo Cultural Tutor who just like post facts, right? And what, what, what you'll notice is like the fact is like interesting, but then right below it, there'll be like three or four like tweets or posts below it that are about a similar topic, but that are like slightly different. And you'll see that the name is like, you know, Bob Facts or someone like, and, and what, what I think they're doing is that uh, I can't, can't confirm this. They might just be very interesting people. But what I imagine they're doing is that they're crawling Twitter. They're seeing a post getting a la language model to generate something that's interesting about, that's related to that post. Mm -hmm. And then they'll post it as like a comment. And so they're trying to get engagement uh, and so boost their, their own following. So it's almost like people are, they're not spamming, but they're trying to improve their following count by doing this sort of disingenuous kind of comment approach, right? And so it's more like, people just trying to like you know use the system but it, i think it, it it ends up being like a, a bad experience for the general user it, almost to the extent that now i've sort of blocked a few of the like new facts people because it's basically just regurgitating what i've seen before so prior to this podcast i was reading an article called everyone has to self-promote now and nobody wants to yeah. and so it's like if you are a artist or a musician you can't afford to not have a tiktok and an instagram Right. If you, uh, yeah. I, um, at one point I thought about writing a book and I went and took a look at like publishing agents and everything. And all of them have a requirement to have a big following on social media. Now I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on any of these social medias. Mm -hmm. Right. So automatically, it, I guess it doesn't exclude me, but it highly disincentivizes them from working with me because, you know, they'd, they mm -hmm. want that guarantee that I've got an audience that I can sell to. Right. And so because of having to self-promote all the time in this really noisy world, of course, people are going to try and find those tricks and tips and stuff. Right. I saw an interesting one the other day, um, yeah. and I've actually seen this on, on YouTube quite a bit. So, but, but I, I saw it really, really well executed. There's this one, um, there's this one, uh, fairly popular YouTube channel called Jerry rig everything. And he like did a, he converted a mm -hmm. military Hummer into an electric vehicle and he runs a company that makes affordable wheelchairs and stuff like that. Cool content. I think he made his, his channel big off of like breaking down iPhone or like new phones, like, you know, completely pulling them apart. But I went down mm -hmm. to the comments and there's some really good comments that are topical, right? And then there would be really good comments that are incredibly... Mm -hmm topical but the uh icon of that person is like really hot oh yeah right <laughs> and but they'd like engage in a completely technical fashion with the content of the video yeah. and just out of curiosity <laughs> i went and i clicked on their youtube profile and then it takes it to the youtube profile which obviously sends it off to an only fans or a yeah. website chats uh what, what are they called uh, cam girls yeah, yeah whatever and on closer inspection of all the uh all the 
pictures of them. They're all AI generated. Mm. And the content is also AI generated. They don't have a person who's engaging on a technical topic over there. What they do is they just parse all of the comments that currently exist, create a really good sounding comment, which tends to be on point because it's just the aggregate of everyone who's commented yeah. on the thing already. And so you've just got these bots that are sitting there posting comments on YouTube with the hopes that someone will see that they've got a pretty good looking icon, yeah. click on it, and then it'll take them to the to the cam girl site or whatever yeah. it is they're selling. Um, and so, you know, from the early days of the internet through to now, we've just seen like marketing and that's what it is. This marketing has just evolved. Like banners don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, even when I was in first year university, everyone was talking about banner blindness. Mm. Um, and man, I haven't seen like banner ads in years because I've got very strict ad blockers. <laughs> well- <laughs> You obviously haven't been onto any recipe website recently because they're fucking all over. I did. I just asked ChatGPT. Is like, hey man, how do I make a good yeah. ramen? <laughs> actually, I actually like. Um, I think we spoke about it once, but I saw someone's recently created a. I think they just call it like just recipes or something, where it's just like recipes and like no ads, no like extra stuff. And I'm just like, thank goodness. Uh, it's such a good idea. My girlfriend and I started uh, started a uh, little recipe blog. This was a super no nonsense. It was called Cuties yeah. Making Foodies. Uh, uh, nice. But we're not food photographers. So, you know, like recipe yeah. books and recipe websites, the, first you have to go through all the SEO goop at the front where they tell you their life story and like how to select the, the ripest of the bananas. Um, and then you get to the the actual, which is another example of like optimizing not for people, but for the algorithm. But they take fantastic pictures, like professional photography, you know, a little bit of like cardamom mm. that's spilled over the side of the bowl onto the, you know, dried fig. And with me, it's like bowl of slop. It's really tasty slop, but it's like bad lighting. <laughs> it looks a little bit gray in the light. I'm like, this is some tasty oh, yeah. shit, but like you wouldn't know from the picture. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, like advertising is definitely, uh, yeah, it's it's something that people need to do, right? Uh, like anyone, who, you know yourself, like starting a business, like we can't really hate the the players necessarily. It's more about how the game is rigged. And what's, I think is a little bit like annoying and kind of sad is that like, you can tell that at the end of the day, it's just, there's some metric that some like person is like trying to, boost right and so and so they're basically generating all of this stuff and i can imagine it it even gets to the point where you're not even like monitoring that system you're just like Mm -hmm. letting it run and like you're just like checking in every month to see how many followers you have as like a kind of i'm just running a little experiment here but the thing is like it's it's kind of like junking up the internet right and for uh, i guess the old internet bullies which i think we're kind of hitting yeah, into that yeah, territory yeah. is like uh it, it's kind of annoying because it's you're losing like that sort of funness of you know exploring meeting new people like understanding ideas like original content uh, i mean ai can also generate original content i guess but like but it's shit like you can say it yeah i'll land on an article and it's like uh, you like start reading it and it's like it's not getting to the point okay like i'm trying to figure out like what's the deal with this like protein or whatever like what's the deal with? and you can say like trying to get that word counting yeah at the end i mean i mean people did that before ai right as well like they wrote really long articles yeah. AI, is, ai is just again like taking it to the next level it's like you know 
we 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 managed to to kill one another perfectly well before we invented nuclear weapons. Yeah. But nuclear weapons, you know, rarely like made it yeah. quite efficient. So so what is the where is it going? Like, I mean the the one the place we could like I kind of think about is as you said like walled gardens, right? Like closed off areas. But I mean, there's even elements of that, right? Like you know, Apple is supposedly meant to be like the granddaddy of walled gardens but that's more in like an ecosystem kind of thing i think when we when i was when we talk about walled gardens in this context it's more talking of like a social walled garden a digital social walled garden but i i think it's no no i think it's like i think it's similar right because like if you think of an app as like you know something there's a vetting process right with any Mm. sort of walled garden you've got the reddit moderators you've got the ice store people that are like checking each app you know there's an element of like like self-checking uh maybe there's like a tribal checking where you know like people in the tribal like yeah, yeah. hey this guy needs to be stoned and, and like everyone will like pick him <laughs> out and he'll be banned like uh which is how it w- was in the other in the old days right you got like <laughs> there's always some joker who came into the forum and like you know two comments later they were banned <laughs> yeah and uh, but yeah, yeah like is that where we're heading to where we're just gonna have the, this uh sort of wall garden approach and then is that going to be the internet that we love? Yeah, I think that the 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 key word of here is is curation. Is I think we're we're moving into an age of curation, uh, and not only do I think we're we're doing it just because it's nice. It's like it's almost mandatory. If you don't have curation, you're only going to get shit. And so, you know, you have news aggregators like Hacker News or Lobsters for the more you know, hardcore programmers. And these are all like community moderated based on upvote systems that they actively work on to prevent, you know, bots from going and just skewing the results. Um, You'll see, I, I think that, again, Reddit has a fairly good model because it's got actual volunteer human moderators. And yes, Reddit does get a lot of shit and people say that it's worse, but it's like, it could be so much worse. Right. And I think if you find the right community on Reddit, uh, mm. awesome. Good for you. Um, I think mm. that broader public forums are going to struggle. Uh, I know that Twitter is in their ongoing bot war, and I think that it's just going to be a uh, an arms race forever. The bots are going to get smarter. The Twitter employees are going to put in more measures to prevent bots. And as it goes on and on, what happens is it actually degrades the user experience. So I found this myself with curating there is the, I can either have no spam, but also make the signup process like arduous or require payment, right? Or I can have like some spam, uh, like slip through the cracks but also have a better user experience and i have to like really balance that trade-off over there and that's going to be the case with twitter as well they're never going to get rid of bots but they're going to have to figure out how to manage them as best they can yeah maybe like uh, another thing i was just thinking of it probably doesn't doesn't really work is like an invite only system right so imagine you had a social media app and the only way you could join it is if someone invited you. Obviously, it's not like a free and open system. It's uh, like getting more into the realm of like, oh, there's this like secret society and no one's allowed in. Like, let's yeah. let's kind of 
talk about them. I think that's kind of how Lobsters works. If you want to submit articles to Lobsters, I think you have to get an invite. What's Lobsters? It's a, it's a news aggregator, kind of like oh, a, okay. kind of like Hacker News, but okay. it's not like a public. You can't just go and sign up. I think you actually have to be invited to it. Yeah. Um. So it is definitely a smaller community. The the viewing of Lobsters is completely public, but I think the submitting of articles to it is by invite only. Mm. Um. My my thinking is just that like. It, when the bot goes in there and starts inviting all of its <laughs> all of its other bots, yeah, or you know, just spinning up multiple accounts uh, that it can invite itself, or just someone who starts off writing like themselves, but then starts using it like an AI for it. Yeah, I think it's also like worrying is like because because these language models are so convincing at at like creating an like a a narrative or like writing. I think it's like it's very easy to kind of get uh, tricked into like certain data being true when it or like the way that it could present an argument might be like you know factually or logically incorrect, right? Because these models are not necessarily based on logic; they're based yep. on like fooling people into thinking they text. <laughs> what word comes next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What word comes next? And maybe there is an element of it's understanding like logic, like you know uh you know all, all cats are black like is this cat black right kind of thing yeah there's this there's pretty good evidence to suggest that like uh, sufficiently advanced transformer models do have logic i mean i'm using it as a math tutor in my in my new company so like there's definitely a logical structure to it mm -hmm. is it is it always right no but like there is some underlying simulation of reasoning that when it goes through the process of simulating reasoning. It comes up with reasonable, uh, reasonable reasons. So it does. It does do something akin to reasoning. I guess the 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 thing also is maybe towards like attribution and like verification, right? So there's this thing in email. Mm. Uh, is it? It's like PGP or like the signatures. Yeah. So basically, there's a process where you can sign your emails. And you can kind of verify that this email came from this person. So maybe in a similar sense to the curation idea that you had earlier, it's almost like you would have, you know, a signature uh, assigned to your blog or your sort of channel. And then people could verify that this came from this, this person. Mm. And then the idea would be that you would just have to build some sort of trust in that source. So whether it's, you know, consistent, you know, uh, you know, well-formed arguments, you know, even if it's an AI, I would argue like if you can, if it is succinct and it is informative and it does like provide you some value, you could still trust in what type of content it is. You might not hundred percent trust the actual underlying data, but you might still enjoy the stories of an LLM. And so you would trust in that LLM's signature, right? So anything that comes from, yep. you know, LLM storyteller, you know, dot AI, like whatever, you'd trust in that, but you'd still have trust of humans and you'd have trust of this like AI generated content. And so maybe that's where you have some sort of verification on the content that's created or it gets embedded into like the actual sort of hardware, right? So yeah. similar to like digital media rights, right? Where you like, put a stamp on everything that's AI generated or, or not, right? Maybe that's the way that you can have an internet where you can at least have like a flag maybe uh, that, that it's maybe generated with AI. 
Yeah, I think, I think that, and this is just gonna, this is just the Luddite in me just coming out, but I think that as online communication becomes more and more noisy and online relationships become more and more fraught with the potential that you actually don't have a relationship with a person, but it's an AI that has tricked you. I'm just tempted to say like, Hey, for, for socializing, just go back to the real world. And then you can like meet up with those people online, yeah. but you've already verified that they exist like pure, pure online um, yeah. relationships. They're a, they're a hallmark of, you know, all generations since 1990. And the, I think that there's a good chance that they're going to die out. Um, but this is just pure speculation. Who knows? Maybe we, we'll find a way to like fingerprint, like, proof of humanity at some point um uh, yeah i i mean i like i like that right i like the idea that i mean i i feel it myself maybe that's maybe it could be getting older or it could be just like you know the internet's just getting more trashy so like it would be yeah. interesting if like there's so much noise that it just pushes people to actually go and meet in person and i feel like there is a there's an element of like the social dynamic and i i think that the younger generations like gen, the gen z's or gen y what gen z's are like I think they are catching on like, Hey, I shouldn't spend my whole time online. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's a bit, you know, creepo. I'm going to go and do like actual things. And so I, I kind of like that, that trend. Uh, but I think it's, there's still going to be a monetary incentive to be online for like a very, very long time, I think. Um, and yeah. so I think maybe we'll just get to a point where you could have your moneymaker AI bot that you just run on the internet and then you go off and it just lands in your bank account and you don't know how it's making money but it's making money somehow and it might be that you've got some ai machine that's reading it and paying like a token every time you like reads your content and then it's just like ai generated ubi or something like that <laughs> yeah it's like a completely off topic but um there is a good chance that or actually, I'd say that if you are a pure knowledge worker, that in many ways, like GPT-4 is better than the average worker. It just doesn't have the ability to function multimodally. Like it can't read emails and send emails yet. It's not an independent agent, right? But as soon as it does have the ability to be an independent agent and people are working on, you know, making them more agentic, um, it might actually be more efficient than you <laughs> yeah i mean like don't yeah just like if you if you can use the, the system like why not right yeah. it's like if it's if something's available it's like and you don't you choose to not use it like that's your own fault and i guess that's that's the same you know talk that you would have as like someone who's generating seo content right yeah. like hey if, if it's a mechanism it's not illegal it is something that can generate you more traffic to your website and convert then like if you've got the means you know how to do it why not right because there's nothing really illegal about it yeah it's, i'd say like still st still you know act within your own moral framework um <laughs> i mean like yeah i get you know you never know people's circumstances yeah, yeah, yeah. right uh, but like but i i do agree there's it's a it's a very sort of uh winding path that we're gonna see here over the next couple of years um but I think also on top of all of this, like, although I'm like fairly skeptical, I personally think it would be very, uh, it would be very sad to see LLM 
research being uh, hampered by something as lame as like legal issues. Yeah. And so when it comes to the copyright case, um, I I mean, I know you probably are more on the side of the creator. I kind of do too. Uh, you know what? To be entirely honest, I'm 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 not. Is like the fact of the matter is that open source models are going to are already out on the market, right? And so New York Times just going after OpenAI is like I I understand I understand the reason why you're doing it, and I do understand like hey, you know, we need to protect creators. However, this technology fundamentally does not protect creators and it is going to be in the hands of everyone very very soon in the same way that like the luddites are a great example of this they were weavers and and you know they made uh cloth and then automation started coming in so they started burning down the textile mills um, and they coordinated really well and they they did a really good job of hampering that process however in the end the like there was no way that textile manufacture well, like loom like proper uh industrialized textile manufacturing was not going to win in the yeah, end yeah i think it's more yeah it, it like it it's hard to put the almost put the genie back in the bottle and uh i think it's exactly. yeah like there's elements where i feel like it's just like an old industry that can't innovate that's kind of being taken over as as your example but i mean it's yeah i think that there's there's a uh, i've got yeah one one last point that we can end off on over here is that prior to search engines writing was done as writing interesting things for people to read hmm. right and then as soon as search engines came around most writing is actually done to algorithmically sorry is to optimize the the algorithm for uh visibility right mm. and so i think that we're going to come full circle with this ai generated content in that um well writers won't have to write for algorithms anymore and yes we're going to see a lot of writers not be writers anymore but it means that the people who are still writers are very, very much writing for humans and not writing just to just to game the system. Yeah, exactly. And that's the end, folks. If you want to support this podcast, and I certainly hope you do, uh, the best thing you can do is share it with someone who would find our conversation interesting. Catch you next time. <laughs>